0: Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, you have a sermon from this past Sunday, January 31st, talking about the hidden glory of Jesus in the synagogue. After you listen to the sermon, be sure to check out the show notes for the discussion guide. Here goes. It's an illustration that I have certainly used before, if not in a sermon, at least in a Bible class. And, um, and it's not even original to me. Which... That's probably why it's so good. What would this world look like if Satan ran the show? What would this world look like if Satan had complete and utter control over everything? Take a moment and envision that in your mind's eye. What would that look like? I look out the window right now and I see cars driving by slowly and trucks with plows and and salt in the back. And maybe if Satan ran the show, we would be so snowed in for days and days on end that no one would be able to get anywhere. Maybe there would be collision after collision and people fighting and arguing with one another. Maybe Maybe if it were a bright bright and sunny sunny day, you would would see rampant rampant drug abuse. abuse. You would would see see people people getting hurt hurt and hurting one one another. The red light district wouldn't just be in the red light district. district. It would be everywhere. Maybe that's your thought. What would would it look look like if Satan had complete and utter control over everything, over our city, over your community, over our neighborhood? What would it look like? Churches broken down and not meeting and falling apart and torn down. Maybe idols to false gods popping up left and right. Maybe just absolute disarray and every sort of sin and disorder taking place at every street corner in broad daylight. Perhaps. What would it look like if Satan had complete control over everything. Everything. What if if it looked looked a little little bit bit different than all of the crime and disarray, abuse and drug abuse abuse that that we might might presume? presume. What What if if things would would look look a little little bit different different if Satan ran the entire entire show? show. Maybe Maybe the the city city would would be clean and sparkling. They They would hit hit their budget, they would be over budget, and they would give you a tax refund. There wouldn't be any, any trash on the sidewalks. All the lawns would be well kept and well fertilized. Everybody would be smiling like a scene out of Leave it to Beaver. The children would walk around well-groomed, well-dressed, say hello, sir, and yes, ma'am. They would pick up their gum and throw it away rather than spitting it out onto the sidewalk. And the churches would be packed with people with one difference that those churches wouldn't preach Jesus what would it look like if Satan ran the show if he had complete and utter control over everything either of those is something that the devil would be able to use and either of those is um, have happened at various points in our human history but which is more dangerous? The crime that we see, the life that we see, and the refuge that we find in Jesus? Or the prosperity we see in the church that doesn't talk about Jesus? And it might be, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it might be that second option which takes place in our, in our gospel reading today from Mark chapter 1. 1. In our gospel reading today, when Jesus goes to that synagogue in Capernaum and he stands up to preach, and the people there have come to hear the word of God, they are perhaps there regularly, they are perhaps there often, and have a, have a wonderful service, and, and it's enlightening and enthralling and inspiring and fill in the blank. But when Jesus, when Jesus gets, gets up to preach, things, things become different. All of, sudden, All of a sudden, this man who, you know, we, we have no impression, no understanding, no that, understanding that, that he looked out of place, place in any way whatsoever. whatsoever. He wasn't like the man Jesus would encounter a few chapters later, that man who calls himself a legion because he is possessed by so many demons, the man who, who breaks the iron shackles that they try to chain him with, the man who cries out day and night out in the graves. This guy isn't like that. He's, he's sitting, sitting there in, in church. church. And he's it sounds, it sounds like, like he's possessed he's by possessed this one unclean spirit, unclean spirit this one demon. And, and I guess, I guess by way of way explanation, explanation, when we talk about, about demonic possession, possession God, God talks, talks about, about it a, a lot, lot, especially here in the Gospel, gospel of Mark. And he pulls, he pulls back, back the curtain a little, a little bit, bit to the, the spiritual, spiritual world that we don't see. And that everybody, Jesus shows us that everybody who is outside of his influence is under the influence of the devil and his demons. And these demons um, were created as angels sometime during the six days of creation, maybe on day four, maybe maybe on day five, we don't know for sure. But they were created as angels during the six days of creation. And then sometime after that seventh day, Satan or the devil led a rebellion and took with him a number of these angels who were then confirmed in their wickedness, unable to repent, and destined for hell. And we we know that he went on from there. He tempted Adam to even sin, and it all leads up to this point where Jesus is at the synagogue. The Messiah that had been promised, the one who had come to crush the serpent's head, now he's come to teach. Now he's come to preach at the beginning of his ministry and he goes to Capernaum and he encounters this church in a city that is probably well kept, probably um, prosperous, probably clean. And he meets these people who have been perhaps coming to this synagogue regularly and often in a synagogue where Jesus was not preached where the Messiah was not the heart and core core of of their worship service. service. And every every time time that Messiah Messiah was brought up, up, he was was brushed brushed aside in favor of, you do this and and you do that, and you 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 need need to measure measure up, up, and this this is what what we do. do. And when When Jesus Jesus gets gets up to to preach, preach, he he says that today, based on these words, today this is what God has said about him. The word word made made flesh flesh, points points to the word of God God, and and teaches with authority. And this demon cannot cannot. stand it. But you You notice notice what what he says. says. You notice notice what what he says. says. There was was a man with an unclean spirit in their synagogue. synagogue. It It cried out, out, What do we have to do with with you, Jesus Jesus of Nazareth? Nazareth. One man possessed by by one unclean unclean spirit cries out, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Because that was a place that apparently was under the influence of the devil. Because that was a place where Jesus was not preached. That was a place where the word of God was not proclaimed as pointing to Jesus, but rather as simply laying out the obligation for the people to do, the obligation for the people to live up to, what do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? And this demon cries out, speaking for all the others who are gathered there, have you come to destroy us? Us. You see, he sees, he sees Jesus and his authority. He sees the power of the Son of God, and he flips around law and gospel because this demon is terrified. Jesus doesn't speak with timidity. He isn't he scared and cowed court. down now, by, by this, by this by the spirit. spirit. Jesus rebuked he the spirit saying, be, be quiet, come out of him. him. He's he not afraid him. because he, he has, has authority. authority. His, His words, words carry authority. authority. And, in and in that, in that synagogue, synagogue Jesus, Jesus had come to free bring freedom for, for those who were <sighs> held captive, captive by, by false teaching. teaching. Now, what does that have to do with you and me? To my knowledge, I haven't encountered anyone that I can say with certainty was possessed by a demon. The kind of criteria we follow is, you know, this person has abnormal superhuman strength or superhuman abilities, or they know something that they wouldn't otherwise know. Like if, um, like the case of one of my former seminary professors, when he was, he was, he was canvassing down in Florida, and a uh, hot, hot day. And windows were open on this house, house, and he goes up and knocks, up and knocks on this house, house and man and comes to the, the door, door and says, I've been expecting, expecting you, Pastor Schutze. Schutze. And, he and he walks in, and the house is, is like, 40 like 40 degrees, degrees inside, inside, even though the windows are wide open. open. That's a pretty, pretty, apparent, pretty in obvious case, case that, that this isn't, isn't normal. normal. I, I haven't, haven't encountered, encountered that. that. the danger is still there. Because you know and I know people who maybe are good people. They live in a city, they, they mow their lawn and keep everyone well-groomed and well-kept. Maybe they even go to a church. But that church doesn't teach Jesus. Perhaps. Or one step further, we get the idea and the concept that, that Christianity, Christianity is simply, is simply intaking, intaking information, information and, if I, and as long as, as I can, can fill out the, the facts and pass and a pass quiz or pass the and test, test and I remember the, the facts, facts of my, of my faith, faith then, then, um, then I'm good that's all it takes maybe you aren't so much of a fact person but you go a different direction that if the music is inspiring and uplifting and I, and I feel like, like a weight has a been lifted off my shoulders. I, I go, go through, through that, that roller, coaster roller coaster of, of, of wondering at the beginning of pastor's, pastor's sermon, where is this is going to the, the, the guilt, guilt that, that I, feel. I feel, and knowing, knowing that, that I'm, I'm going, going to, to come out on the other side feeling uplifted. up-lifted. Well, if I go, well, I through, go that through that process and that, that emotional process, process then, then I know that I am a Christian. Then I know that I have experienced Jesus today, or maybe one step further whether you're the person who focuses on the intellectual facts of the faith or not and dismisses that as mere factual information and if i remember it then i'm good or the person who focuses on the emotion of the faith the result of the spiritual activity of our lord and if i've got the emotion then i've got the faith and if i'm not feeling it today then it wasn't wasn't that strong of a faith day for me, I guess. But either way, we end up seeing this Jesus and wanting to dismiss his authority. To say, Jesus, I know your words have authority. I want you to do these things for me. I want you to drive demons out of my life wherever I encounter them. I want, I want you to, to watch to out for me and take care, care of me and, and lift me up and buoy up me up when, up when I'm feeling down. I want you to reassure, reassure me that everything, everything is going to be okay. I, I want you to use, to, you, um, to use, to these, use facts these facts and remind me. me. But, but applying, applying those facts to my lives, well, not so much. Maybe the, the other, other side. side. Jesus, Jesus I, I, need I need you to pick, you pick, me, pick up. me up. You, you know, know like, like, like those footprints, footprints in, the in the sand, sand that, that, that poem that, that, that too that many, many people, people think is in the Bible. Bible. Footprints, footprints in the sand. Jesus, Jesus I, need I need you to you carry, carry me. me. And, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful Christian, Christian thought. thought. But if, but that's, if that's, that's the extent of it, If that's that's the extent extent of it, it. then Then the authority authority of Jesus Jesus is dismissed dismissed because because that that doesn't doesn't apply apply to me right 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 now now, and not today. All All I need right now is a word from Jesus Jesus to buoy me up so I can go on my way way and get on with my life. life. But But as far as as ordering my life life according to his will and his word, no way. That sounds like work. As far as taking joy in the facts of the faith, and applying that to my life, not so much. Of, of looking at what God says in his commandments and seeing that not as, not as simply commands from our God, but the third use of the law. This is how I can praise God with my life. By speaking well of my neighbor. By helping and befriending him in every bodily need. Well, that's, that's a little much. Jesus, your authority stops at this line where I say you help me, but as far as me following you, that's a different matter entirely. Do you see? Far be it from me to be called here as a pastor to simply regurgitate facts of our faith so that we could all pass a test but never apply them to our lives. Far be it for me to be called here as a pastor to to lift you up with the promises of our Lord and, and never get past that. That yes, we are encouraged by the promises of our Lord. And this world is a world of sin and death and pain. And everything about this world just weighs down on our hearts and on our minds and on our emotions and everything. And the Word of God has guidance for that. The word of God also applies applies to our lives. That Jesus spoke spoke with authority authority during his ministry. Jesus Jesus spoke even with authority authority at the end of his life when he commended his spirit into his his father's hands. Father, into your hands 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 I I commit my my spirit. spirit. And he laid down down his head head and died. And there there, finally, at the the end of the Gospel of Mark, Mark, somebody somebody besides besides the demons recognized recognized that this Jesus was the powerful Messiah. That Gentile centurion seeing how Jesus died, says, surely he was the Son of God. And Jesus and his words apply authoritatively to your life and my life as well. But not in the fearful expectation of judgment that this demon in our text talks about. He confounds and mixes up law and gospel Assuming, Jesus, you've come here to destroy us all. He wants to distract the attention of the people from the grace of our God. And get them to run away so that they don't hear and pay attention to the authoritative words of Jesus. Yet Jesus has come to free them. And Jesus has come to free you and me. To free you from your sin, your frustration the sin that we like to um, put under that umbrella of habit as though we don't even notice it anymore or maybe can't help it anymore. Jesus has come to free you. He has come to speak authoritatively for your life also. That he has set you free, rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into, into his household to be a member of his body and his, his kingdom and a brick, and brick in his spiritual building, to make you his own, so that, that when, when he does speak, speak authoritatively, authoritatively and you, you recognize, recognize this it's, it's, and, you and you follow along, it's, it's not, along, as, not, not as, as the one who is, is cowering in fear, I better do this or this else. else, but the but one, who one who joyfully says, says, yes, says yes, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. listening. The prophet that Moses talked about in Deuteronomy, he is here and he has spoken. He has spoken for you and for me, and we listen to him. And what does he say? Friend, of all terms, friend, you have been set free. That the Son of God has become your brother, human being, just like you, except without sin, to set you free from the power of the devil so that his authority in, his, in your life isn't one of compulsion and fear and guilt and regret, but one of joy and freedom and running in the path of God's commands because I love them. Go think of it this way. Maybe you've had this experience. I <laughs> just had it again this past week. We're driving along and uh, got the, the boys in the back of the minivan And, you know, know, it's it's like like two two or three sets of eyes eyes just looking looking at everything everything that they can can see. see. And And one one is still still looking looking out the back and one's looking out the front and the side. And we're driving driving along. along. And um, one of the kids kids says, says, Dad, there's a police police officer behind us. And And, uh, um, I take a quick quick check at at the speed limit take a quick check at my speed that I'm going and sure enough we're only going to keep it one mile an hour over the speed limit max maybe slow down just a little bit you've, maybe you've had that experience where the authority is there and you're like oh no I better not, better not do something wrong and we're driving along and this car is following along behind us and then it flips the lights on oh what did I do
1: that, that twinge, that pang of guilt
0: like uh oh even if I wasn't speeding now I was just five minutes ago and you could probably tell from, from how often speed illustrations kind of come up in sermons that this is something I need to pay closer attention to anyway the police officer flips the lights on and, um, and we slow down and pull over just a little bit and then the officer floors it and roars on by. And I look up in the rearview mirror, I got one of our sons staring back at me, like, What just happened? Here's this authority figure who shows up, and I was expecting judgment and retribution. And then I explain to our son, He's going off to help somebody. here's this authority figure who shows up in Capernaum. And the demon, yeah, he expects judgment and retribution and rightfully so for his rebellion against God. But he speaks for all the people and he says, what do you want with us? Have you come to judge us now? But the authority didn't show up in judgment, but he came to help his people. That's That's the authority of the Word of God. That that this Jesus makes himself present through spiritual words to work work on your heart what I, if I were were simply a purely motivational speaker, speaker, I would would never be be able able to accomplish in a a billion billion years. years. That that through his authoritative Word, word, God, Father and Son, send the Holy Holy Spirit Spirit to convict convict your heart of sin. sin. And to, and to comfort, comfort you, you with that, that word, of word of forgiveness. forgiveness. To say See, the, authority the authority isn't here right, right now in judgment, judgment right but in grace. That's, that's what we're talking, talking about, about after this service this series, um, um, at about, about you know, you 10, know, 10 10 a.m. If you go, if you go, go to bit.ly slash RELC Council, the link is down in the show notes or at the, or at the top of the page if you're watching on YouTube or our website. That's what we're talking about in our quarterly meeting because Because the words of Jesus Jesus still carry authority. And everywhere you look, whether Whether it's, whether your impression is you live in an area or a neighborhood or that there there are parts parts of our area or parts of our our community community that look look like like the first option, option, the first first city city where the devil would reign, that look run down and forgotten, forgotten, shuttered, and abusive, or whether we live in an area, in a place, that looks like the second city, well kept, and churches full, or live streams full, but Jesus not preached. Far be it from us to squander the opportunity to share the authoritative words of our God. So in our meeting today, we're going to talk about about some plans for this next year, how 2020 finished up. I finally got all the stats compiled and uh, that took longer than it should have. But we get to talk about what the authoritative words of Jesus mean for this next year. That Jesus still speaks with authority. That the authority figure has come. And he's not here right now in judgment and fire and brimstone. He's not, He's not here, here to, to pull you over and write an eternal, eternal ticket to hell. He is here, here today to help, help, to bring forgiveness, and to bring freedom. Because, because of, of all, all the things, things that demons said, two were true. That, that he was, first of all, of quaking in fear, fear at the thought of judgment, and judgment and at the hands of Jesus, Jesus, the Son of the Most High. And then secondly... There were a lot of people under his influence there. People who thought they were doing a good thing. People who thought they had it all right with the church. People who had come to the synagogue and didn't hear Jesus. And you and I have the authoritative words of God to set those people free. Amen.